This podcast is a product of the Hyper RPG Podcasting Network. Visit hyperrabbitpowergo.com to learn more. Well, 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 look at what we have here. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. I probably don't need to like lean in and scream so loud. I probably can just back away and I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Welcome to Adam's Anamorphic Aside. We're going to be spending a little bit of time today. We went live a little bit earlier. We were ready. We figured we might as well just go and just start building up the hype. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff going on in the world of entertainment. There's been a lot of things going on. CES 2021 is going on. We had some crazy news come out just today about the potential future of Captain America possibly debunked already within four hours and uh i'm gonna give you my spoiler free thoughts on wandavision i've seen the first three episodes of the show i watched them last night uh two will be coming out tonight oh don't tell me that don't tell me that uh zach is downstairs so he will try to work on it as best as he can um but I'll be talking about the first three episodes of WandaVision. Spoiler free. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. They are coming out tonight on Disney+. Plus. And then the third episode will be out next Friday. Um, and it was a wild ride. It was wild. I, I, I'm like, I was pretty impressed. Here's what I will say about WandaVision. If you regularly watch weird shit, it may not be as weird for some of you. I was telling this to Zach. If you very much grew up living in the world of like David Lynch and Twin Peaks and all that stuff, it's going to be weird for Marvel, but it's not going to be that weird, which makes sense to me because I think if you went that weird and that far off the deep end, I think you would start to alienate a lot of those Marvel fans, a lot of those Marvel fans. So I think they, you know, kind of played it safe to a point. Um... But it was really good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So we're going to be talking about that. Sony is apparently launching a streaming service. And apparently the quality is going to be as good as a Blu-ray. I don't know about that. Those are some, those are some, those are some ballsy words to say. And everybody here knows how particular we are about the streaming quality of our movies. To a snobbish extent. But if I'm already going to pay, you're going to ask me to pay $20 or $15. I want it to be good. And if it's not good, I'm going to be mad. Uh, looks like we're all synced up. Thank you, Zach, very much. He probably was down there. Uh, we, we, we've been testing this all morning. And uh, it keeps slipping out of sync for some reason. So if it happens to do it again, don't freak out. We'll figure it out. We'll work on it. Um, in terms of the schedule today after this, we're going to be doing uh, something. <laughs> We're going to be putting poor Lucas through some hell for five hours. <laughs> He's like, nah, whatever. Uh, he signed up for it. It's going to be another one of those fun experimental 1000s, if you know what I'm saying. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's going to be sitting on this couch behind me for, you know, as long as he can go. Uh, up to a certain point to see if maybe we can lure some of our friends in. It'll be a lot of fun. But how are you all doing? How's the chat room doing? Uh, you know, we only really get to have one-on-one -on -one time like this once a week, and uh, I would love to know how, love to know how everybody's doing. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I, I haven't had a chance to do this this little segment for a couple weeks now. Uh, we did it. I you don't remember when the last time we did it. It was like yeah, it was about two three weeks. Just vibing, just vibing. That's a way to be. That's a way to be, y'all. I'm starting to I'm starting to get into this like 
Kurt Russell, big trouble in little China phase of my life where my hair is just getting way too long and I'm kind of getting tired of it. I'm sure everybody, I'm sure, yep, yep, yep. Quarantine mullets looking good. I think everybody, I think all of us are going through these, uh, through these struggles. I'm about to buy a trimmer and to just shave my head. I'm about to pull a Malika. I think that's going to have to happen. I think it's going to, I feel like everybody in this house, their hair grows really fucking slow. Really slow. My last haircut was in June. Uh, and in six months, this is what, this is what's happened. This is what's happened. Yeah, I need to get on that. I need to get on that cut your own hair trend so I don't have to sit here and complain about my hair. Your hair is so thick you're going to jam up the clippers. You're not wrong. I've done that before when I've gotten a haircut. It's a good time. It's a good old time. They always are like, man, can you do something about this? I'm like, I don't want my hair to thin. It's the only nice thing I have. Let's keep it that way. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the, Mel, the, about, the, about the man bun, Mel Pomino. I don't know. I don't know how that would work for me. I think that's asking a little too much. I don't know. Yeah, it's best to get a good quality of clippers. That'll last a lot longer. Yeah, you know, you don't want something that you're going to just like go through and it's just nothing's going to work. That would be tragic and uh, and just very sad. Just very sad. Nobody wants to see that shit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's been a pretty exciting week in terms of what's been going on. I also jumped onto this new app called Clubhouse. and And oddly enough... I've been seeing like TikTok ads for it or not ads, but people have been talking about it, but I don't personally feel like there's anything about the app that's that innovative. It's essentially like a discord voice chat room. And if you're create like anybody can create one of these things and then invite people to it. And you're kind of just having conversations about whatever it is. Uh, you know, it can be about tech, it can be about film, it can be about podcasting, business, marketing, analytics, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's cool, but there's really nothing about it that is like, oh, I've never seen this before. Like, I feel like we have, we have so many voice chat rooms in our Discord channel that I feel like I'm so used to it. I don't know. If he runs Clubhouse, is if he on that app? What's this about Quibi I just saw? Quibi, yeah, well, RIP. That did not last very long. It was a fun experiment, I feel like, but uh, didn't have any legs. But in terms of this Clubhouse thing, like I, I'm curious to try it out. Uh, I got invited by Cameron. He, uh, he added me. It's like invite only right now. It's really weird. It's like one of those exclusive things where the app has like not been open for very, very long, but they're definitely trying to like roll it out to more and more people. So... It was, uh, you know, it, it's a cool app. I, I don't know. It's so hard to, to really gauge the quality and how good an app is when, uh, when you can't, one, really access it, and two, it's like invite only. So you have people, it's like so skewed. You have people on there who have like 100,000 followers and then some other people who like have none. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. The biggest thing I've been seeing is there's like a lot of, scam type of stuff happening where people are like literally trying to sell off invites for this app. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Why? Why are we selling these things on eBay for $250? Like there is no app that's that appealing that you would have to do that. I don't, I don't get it. So here, take a look. So what is the clubhouse app? 
If you've been hanging around on social media the past couple of weeks, you've probably heard a new buzzword, Clubhouse. The new platform lets people chat in real time, share stories, collaborate, and bounce ideas off of each other using their voice without the need for a lot of other equipment. You literally just need your voice. You just go into a room and you have moderators and moderators can let you into the into the portion of the room where you can talk. And people are literally just like talking and shooting off ideas. So in terms of the innovation element of it, I, I, I don't know. I guess I... I would have to understand from like a business side and from an innovation side or an app side, like what is so appealing about it. I don't know. It's to me, it's no different than like, again, a discord room or like just listening to a podcast. Like why can't these people just go make a podcast? I don't know. We'll see how it kind of like shakes up and what it does and when it's going to roll out publicly. Really nothing about it right now uh, is super, super public. But, you know, some of the things is like use cases for business owners and marketers. While social media platforms come and go and there are celebrities and tech giants on other platforms, Clubhouse is showing all the signs of turning social media marketing as we know it on its head. Here are a few reasons why. Offers the ability to connect and engage with professionals outside of your industry and niche, which, again, is cool. And I know Mr. Beast was on there yesterday with a few creators that I, that I follow. And he was talking about some stuff that I think is super, super valuable he was talking about just YouTube as a platform in general, best practices. You know that the top 0.01% of YouTubers spend almost a day just working on the thumbnail and the title? A day. Sometimes longer. Sometimes they make five versions of a thumbnail and they test all those different versions of a thumbnail for the first like 48 to 72 hours of a video's rotation just to see what clicks with people the most. Like it's insane. So I think having all that information is super valuable. I agree, couch where thumbnails are super important. And like sometimes, sometimes when you make the video first without thinking about what the thumbnail is, it's harder to make a thumbnail for that kind of a video. You know, like we we did a whole trip, or these guys did a whole trip for, you know, almost three months going around America. And like the priority was to make the best possible live piece of content. So on the back, you know, like in the post product post phase, I guess, when we're trying to make these episodes, a lot of times it's sitting there thinking like, what is going to be the most attractive thumbnail? A lot of times creators, when they're only making YouTube content, like that's their only priority. It's not, you know, how we're doing it. Like that's their primary focus is what's the title? What's the thumbnail? And how do I drive people to that video? So it's like really interesting seeing and understanding like how these creators workshop these ideas. And I think a person like Mr. Beast, who's really become kind of the go-to person for, for YouTube stuff, is uh, I think there is value in having a person like that on your platform. But I don't know. I'm curious to see how like other content creators use it. You know, how do Twitch streamers use it? What sort of little like focus groups are they going to create? Oh, all right. Where's that? Oh, there it is. Rubber band ball. Thank you so much, Mel Pomino. Do I need to wear a headset for this? Should I be wearing a headset, Zach? Do I not need to be? <laughs> when are we getting Adam's review of the Animorph books? I don't even know if I've actually like read an Animorph. No, that's not true. I had that Scholastic Book Club shit. I remember. Here we go. Thank you so much for the support. That kind of scared me. I was not expecting that. There you go. Another one with the ball. This thing is over two pounds now. That's crazy. That's insane to me. That's nuts. 
Thank you so much for the support, Mel Pomino. Um, but yeah, I'm like really interested to see how people utilize this app. I, I like jumping on apps early. I have this bad habit of I jump on early, but I don't use them. It was like that with TikTok. I had TikTok for a year and a half. And I just, in the last like three, four months, have really been spending a lot of time on it and seeing how people are using the platform to drive, you know, drive, drive followers, drive them to other pieces of content. I heard some crazy stuff that people are using Clubhouse and they're able to drive six-figure revenue by pushing people to other things. And I'm like, yeah, but how long have you been on the app? What's your follower count? What's your niche? It's like... It's not like a catch-all. You can't just download this app and be like, well, I'm going to go sell courses. That's not how that shit works. Oh, Captain America? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. This is actually hilarious. I find it so damn funny that within five hours, a news article came out and then was like pretty much debunked by, by one Christopher Evans. Uh, here, let me, let me pull this up really quick. This was from Deadline. Not D-line, from Deadline. I kind of, I kind of hate what like movie news has become, where it's all about like being the first one out the gate. And like, I know that we've run into this problem before, where Deadline also reported that uh, several actors were joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe as characters, whether it was the She-Hulk casting, the Moon Knight casting. And Marvel didn't want to confirm it because they had their reasons. They wanted to wait for like an event before they for sure confirmed that these actors were going to be in stuff. And it's happening again. So there was this article that came out on, on Deadline this morning where it was like, Captain America, eyes return to the MCU as Chris Evans nears deal to reprise role in future Marvel projects. First of all, why the fuck is your title so long? Can't you just say Captain America returning to the MCU? Why do you have to have all this other bullshit? This is why, this is what I hate about what's happened with movie news. Is we try to summarize the entire article into the title, which is fine. But then it also, in my opinion, doesn't properly in, sort of like convey what the news actually is. This to me is just like, well, he's going to come back as Captain America and that's it. Whereas the article then goes on to talk about, well, it's not confirmed yet. They're still working out all the legalese shit of what normally happens. And it's not 100% confirmed. But if he does close the deal, he could come back in a role that's similar to Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming as a cameo. First of all, Robert Downey Jr. did not have a cameo in Captain America Civil War. He was literally the second title character of that movie. Even though the movie was called Captain America Civil War, the movie was about Cap and Iron Man. Like, let's be real. And about the Sokovia Accords and all that other bullshit. But, like, Iron Man was... He was, like, the, the second leading character in that movie. So that's not really a cameo role. Yes, I would say his role in Spider-Man Homecoming was a bit more of a cameo because he shows up in that movie in a very, like, limited capacity. <clears throat> of course, he had a smaller role, but, like, he, he, was, he was a main character in that movie. Come on. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. Anyway, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's funny that, you know, that this came out, and then if you go to uh, Twitter, and you go to just Chris Evans... I hope this is his Twitter account. That would be really embarrassing if it wasn't. He just says, news to me. News to me. And then everybody just flooded his Twitter with GIFs and images. Also, this thirst trap right here. 
Um, do it anyway. That is America's ass right there. So I don't know. I completely understand that it is very possible for Steve Rogers to come back in a Marvel movie. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. If anything, I think it would be cool to see old man cap. I don't necessarily need him to be some like pivotal supporting role in definitely not in Falcon and the winter soldier. Like I want that show to just kind of focus on Bucky and, and Sam Wilson. I think you can totally have an opportunity where you can have like a cutaway that shows old man, Steve in his apartment, like watching the events unfold and just, you know, giving us an idea that like, all right, he still exists in this world because he doesn't die. We know he doesn't die. He's still alive at the end of Endgame, you know, but I don't know. I don't want to see this trend happen where we retire or kill off characters and then they come back. I know that there's this whole concept of the multiverse and that we're going to be diving into that. I'm a, I'm like much more open to that possibility of Wanda or Doctor Strange or whoever the hell going into another alternate timeline, or alternate reality where we like see Peggy and Steve when they're young and they're, you know, in that version of the timeline. The way Steve Rogers was written out never felt like something Steve Rogers would do. But then I seem to have an opposite reaction to most people. I find Endgame overrated. Uh, I guess for me personally, it's like very properly rated. It's not like over or under. I think it's very properly rated. But, you know, to each their own. I think everybody... Ah, damn it. Well, how far did I get before I accidentally muted myself? Um, I bet this conversation is really good. What I was saying was, I think the difference between the Arrowverse and the difference between the DC multiverse, or sorry, the DC multiverse and the Marvel multiverse, is that in the DC multiverse or the Arrowverse, we've had multiple versions of Superman. Uh, we have Tyler Hecklin Superman. We have Brandon Routh Superman, which is like a pre-existing version of the Christopher Reeve Superman, which is also an expansion of Superman Returns. Whereas the MCU has not had that. We've never had a Fantastic Four from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So to then go in and put in Chris Evans and Jessica Alba as, fan as a Fantastic Four, my first reaction is like, well, why aren't we putting Josh Trank's Fantastic Four in there as well? Like, why are we not putting Michael B. Jordan? Is it because he was Killmonger, even though he's now technically dead? Is it because we don't want to, like, touch that franchise with a 10-foot pole? I don't know. I don't know. But so, like, something like Fantastic Four, I'm like, ah, mm, I get the appeal of having him in something. But at that point, I'm like, just put him as an alternate timeline, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. But even in that alternate reality... Even in that alternate reality, when he goes back and he ends up with Peggy, I still don't believe that he's the Captain America of that timeline. In my opinion, there is another Captain America who is like the frozen Captain America who wakes up in 2011. And like, I don't think we have a Captain America operating. I could be wrong. Maybe he goes back and he tells Peggy everything that happens with Hydra. So by the time the 2011 cap is thawed out, old man Steve exists and he's like, cool, I can now retire and pass this on to someone else. The other Steve Rogers now, now takes on the burden of, of defending modern day New York. It's possible. I'd actually really be interested to know more about these like weird diverging timelines in the Marvel cinematic universe and how they all work. I think there's still people out there who are like having arguments about those timelines 
I feel like the movie explained it well enough that we don't need to like break down all like the minutia of how it works. It's, it's space. It's like comic book science. It's bullshit. It, none of it's real. They make fun of back to the future in the movie. Neither of those two things are a real thing that exists. So it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you want to see old man cap? Do you want to see captain America again? An alternate timeline version of captain America? I don't know. I'm a little torn. I feel like we ended that story for Steve so well that I don't need to see Chris Evans again. I love Chris Evans. And I think old man Steve would probably be the most appropriate thing if we got to see him have like one scene when Sam Wilson becomes Captain America for sure, like definitively 100% to be like, you know, like I believed in you this whole time. You had it in you all along, you know, like you are Captain America. And then like, goodbye, old man Cap. Goodbye, Chris Evans. You're done. If we got that, I'd be okay with that. I don't need it. I feel like the last scene of Endgame said everything we, that needed to be said about that relationship. You know, like Steve Rogers gives Sam the shield and is like, you are Captain America. This is yours if you want it. One of these days, one of these days I'll get around to Endgame. I mean, I'd hope to know what happens. It just depends on when I'm willing to put up the action sequence with the action sequences to get it. Parvis. Just watch it. What are you waiting for? I think it's a really fun movie. I think on a film level, I think on a film level, Infinity War is probably better. But I think on like a an entertainment level of just like high stakes, holy shit action, I think Endgame's better. But I think both are really good. If you have if you've already seen Avengers Infinity War and you still haven't seen Avengers Endgame, man, just jump in. Just go for it. I think it's so fun. I also think it's hilarious that he actually went on here and it was like, your guys' GIF responses are priceless. Good work, everyone. I don't know why. Every time I read anything that Chris Evans write, I read it as Captain America. Just very much like, some of the, some of the GIF responses are priceless. Good work, everyone. I'm like, man, you Boy Scout and son of a bitch. You sailor, you. This was also great, too. This whole thing from uh, Jake Tapper, who tweeted out this response from Neil Kirby, who is uh, Jack Kirby's son, about how just upset he was about the iconography of Captain America being used uh, on, the whole, on the whole riot and, and, and attack that happened and how it goes completely against what Captain America represents, which, like, yes, absolutely agreed. You know, the spirit of 1776... That is like literally what Captain America is all about. Not this bullshit. Not this shit that we saw happen. No. This is exactly what he's against. Anyway. We all know. We all know. But yeah, so that was, a, that was an interesting morning to like see this news break of like, Cap's going to be in the next Avengers thing or the next Marvel thing. And Chris Evans is like, really? Which like, again... It is very possible that in three, four, five, six months, it comes out that like, no, this was in fact true, but Chris Evans did everything he could to, to, to redirect and deflect this news. It happened before with some of the other actors. So I don't want to say that it's a complete unlikely thing to happen. I think for now we can like kind of cool our temper. Plus I think like, I don't think Chris Evans and anybody in Marvel wants to take away attention from, you know, this show that they have coming out, you may have heard of it. It's called WandaVision. It comes out tonight. 
two episodes. It's wild to me that this is the show that is kicking off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was supposed to originally be the fourth, the fourth project in phase four. Black Widow, then it was going to be, I believe, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then the Eternals, then I think it was Shang-Chi, and then, or no, then, no, so that would be four. So it's going to be Black Widow, the Eternals, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and then WandaVision. This is now the kickoff of Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to be completely honest, it's probably the most appropriate. Because I feel like what's being set up is going to pay off in future movies. And I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil I promised you guys that I wasn't going to spoil anything. So I won't spoil anything. I won't do that to you. But tonight are the first two episodes of WandaVision. They are about... 30 minutes of pop. So Kevin Feige's talked about this, and he's talked about this a lot during the press junket of WandaVision. Just because a show is, you know, eight episodes, nine episodes, ten episodes, the length of the show is going to sort of vary based on that. Um, in this case, this show is nine episodes long. And they're about 30 minutes a pop. Now, he did say that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe, is six episodes. It's very possible that that show might be an hour apiece if they're going by every sort of season of this Marvel TV being about six hours of content, which means that She-Hulk, which they just announced is going to be 10 episodes, that will then end up being shorter as well. Who knows? I don't think they're going to be shorter than 20 minutes, but they're going to be shorter to an extent. So I don't know. I'm actually like really excited for phase four. I really didn't know what I was going to think about phase four starting with WandaVision, but I'm like actually super happy that it started with WandaVision because this show is freaking bananas. Do they drop at 12 a.m. Pacific or 9 p.m. Pacific standard time? That's an excellent question. I believe, I believe they drop at 12 a.m. Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time. That's my belief. Because whenever we were doing, when we were doing these Mando drops, they were dropping at midnight. So I know it's a little late for the East Coast. It's three in the morning. Uh, I don't know if Disney has, I, I don't think it would work even if they did have some sort of a thing where they could like region lock. I, I think if they did that, those episodes would be leaked immediately. So to them, it's more worth it to just wait till midnight, drop it all at the same time, whether it's 12 a.m. Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. I know, I know, I know, Shizzy. I feel you. You know, I don't even, I don't even want to wait till midnight to watch these damn things. You know, but it's like so hard because if you don't watch it immediately, you open Twitter and people spoil shit. People have no patience. People are so unwilling to wait at least eight hours to let as many people as possible watch these damn shows. I mean, I feel like if I hadn't watched the finale of Mando when I watched it, I, it would have been spoiled that is in the finale you know has everybody here watched mandalorian can i say can i like say spoilers is it that time already the show ended like three weeks ago but i don't want to make anybody mad by saying spoilers yes jar jar okay well all right wild yammy i guess you spoiled it jar jar's in the finale you heard it here first this is a hyper rpg exclusive i'll mute Guys, if you haven't watched the damn show yet, when are you ever going to get to it? <laughs> Come on! Are you going to be muting any conversations about Mandalorian throughout the entire 2021 season? 
Hey, thank you so much for that resub. Sethiel42, welcome back. How you doing? Hope you're having a good time. We're talking about WandaVision. No spoilers, because it hasn't aired yet. I have not watched the last episode. Jesus. How do you guys navigate social media? How does that work? Because I know some of you are on Twitter. How do you avoid spoilers? Like, I open the damn app, and the first thing I see is like, oh, this person's in this show, this person's in that. This character was confirmed for that movie. How the fuck do you avoid these things? Do you just not follow anybody? Except for us four? I'm trying to finish Earth to Ned first. Oh, what is that? I've never heard of that. Tell me more, please. I black out Twitter, which is the only social media I have. Hmm, okay, that makes sense. I don't avoid spoilers, I actively seek them. Hmm, okay, okay, that makes sense too. My algorithm's fucked up. I see things like 12 hours ago. Hmm, interesting. I don't care about spoilers. Oh, okay. Well, for the people who don't want spoilers, I won't spoil anything for you. For the people who don't care about spoilers or have seen it, there you go, that's my cue. I also finished Cobra Kai. We're like on a TV show trend right now, so whatever. We might as well just stay in TV world for a hot minute. Um, who here watched Cobra Kai? Please, for the love of God, tell me that people here watched that show. Please. I'm going to be so upset right now if... Uh... <laughs> Shit, you scared me. I love that. There was actually an interview with... Uh... Lucas was just quoting uh, uh, Johnny Lawrence. Quiet! He does, it, he does it so well. There was an interview with Ralph Macchio and William Zapka, and they were talking about how, like, the show has brought on so many iconic lines, and the fact that quiet has been such a big one, and that people use it all the time, and they yell it at him when they see him. I'm like, that's great. I would love, <laughs> I would love to just run up to William Zapka in the middle of him just, like, walking around with his Starbucks. Quiet! <laughs> just yell at him. Oh my God, how many times can we yell quiet on stream before? Oh my God, that would be painful. You would get through like 15 minutes and want to cut your head off. It's brutal. But uh, Cobra Kai was so good. I watched season three of Cobra Kai. It wasn't nearly as good as the first two for me. Too much focus on old people, not, not plot moving forward. I disagree a little bit. I think that the show did something that season one and two not avoided, but it wasn't the primary focus. It was about the characters maturing and moving forward. And I think that was especially true when they brought in... Man, y'all are killing me with these spoilers, man. Come on now. Come on, y'all. Well, they bring in a character that... They technically bring in two characters, but one of the characters they bring in uh, very much ties into the past of Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. And I thought it was a really nice way for that character to kind of be like... Yo, grow up, you two morons. Like, we're past this. We're not in high school anymore. We're not kids. We're not 16, 17, 18. We are grown-ass adults. We need to act like it. So that, to me, was kind of the turning point, for, in my opinion, for those characters where it was like, you know, we don't have to necessarily let go of the past and pretend like it didn't happen, but I think we need to learn from the past, mature, and move on and grow up. Um... I, I really dug that. I, I thought that was probably the strongest part for me about season three and the latter, like, three, four episodes. And then I thought the finale was wild. And I'm usually not the biggest fan of going through, like, prequelizing someone's story and explaining to me, like, why Darth Vader is Darth Vader, why the Emperor is the Emperor. 
But I thought it was I thought it was pretty appropriate for Marty Cove's character of um oh god, what's his name? John Kreese. I thought it worked pretty well. I'll be honest with you. Yo, this show right here, mm, it's so good. Like, it's so fun. I love all these characters, you know, like the evolution of these two, this guy just being a royal asshole. Hawk goes through some stuff in this episode. Uh, you know, uh, just all of these characters, like all the kids, you know, the parents. It's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. That's just me. I'm a big fan of the Karate Kid movies, even though I think three is kind of a mess. I think the other thing that really made me love this show was how it doesn't avoid talking about Karate Kid 2 and 3. It fully embraces all three movies. Yes, exactly. I agree, Wild Amy. It shows why Kreese became Kreese, and I understand it so much more now. And you understand the origin of Cobra Kai in a really fucked up way. But it works! I do, I also, Metis Fatima, I agree with you. I miss the actress that left a lot. I believe the character's name was Alicia in the first two seasons. Is that right? I can't remember. The girl with the glasses who was uh, into, who was into Miguel. But yeah, she, Aisha, Aisha was the character's name. She did not come back because the writers said that they didn't, they couldn't find a way to make her like storyline work in the show, which feels a little bit like bullshit to me. I feel like if you can do things with Hawk and all these other characters, like really you couldn't give Aisha something to do in this season. Like we couldn't give her more of like a, 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 a purpose and a, and a, and I don't know, like a role. It seems a little BS to me. Like, I wonder if there's more to it than that, which we probably will never find out. You know, if, if the whole thing was like, well, we already have two female characters that are in the midst of this battle. I'm like, yeah, so what? You got like f fucking 15 other guy characters in this show. What's the big deal? I hope so too. I hope so that this character could have a season four comeback. I think it would be really cool. They like give such a weak sauce explanation for why she's not in this season. Um, she could have had Tori's role, never needed Tori. I like Tori as a character. I feel like she's definitely become... She's more supporting in season three than she was in season two. So I'm like, okay, what are we doing with this character? We were so focused on, on Miguel and Robbie's love triangle with Daniel's daughter. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't really, under, I'm not fully comprehending how the, all of those mechanics work, but I think Tori is still a cool character, but I would like to see her a little bit more front and center. Like she was in season two. I feel like she was a little bit more front and front center in season two. And season three... It wasn't, it really, to me, in my opinion, it wasn't, the storyline was not about the kids. It was about the adults maturing and growing up, which, like, I kind of liked. I think some of the, the whack-ass CG digital signage that they used for Japan was really silly looking, but I thought it was overall, like, a really strong season. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. No disputing how badass she is, but that could have been Aisha easily. I don't disagree with you. It started rough, but as it went on, it had me sold in the way the Fox era didn't. Yo, are those, are those Karate Kid movies 20th Century Fox? Are they? I thought they were Sony. No, they're Sony. They're Sony movies. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. You make me think that fucking Disney has the Karate Kid. Ugh. It's going to be like, oh, they're going to cancel this show. This is just going to end. But I, I also read something that I thought was interesting with the writers where they were like, yeah, we have ideas for several dozen spinoffs. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? 
What do we need all these spinoffs for? Just focus on this story. And when this story concludes, I, I think that's the perfect send-off. I, I don't think that characters like Miguel and Tori and Robbie will reach that level of like notoriety as Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso. Like, I don't know if you'll have like a Cobra or a Miyagi-Do show in 25 years with these characters. Like, I don't know if there's that sort of nostalgia for this show. I think people who are like our age have huge nostalgia for the Karate Kid because at the time, like Karate Kid was like essentially the Rocky of the 80s. It's the same director even. Miguel's great in Cobra Kai. Yeah, you know, and I agree. I agree, Ribaldi, for once, for once in my fucking terrible life. I agree with you. What a what a turn. What a turn we've made in 2021. Um, no, but I I I I agree. I think it's true. I, I love the characters and I love this the the role that they play in the Cobra Kai TV show. In 25 years, I don't want to see a show called Miyagi Do that has Miguel in the Daniel LaRusso role. I just don't. I think John Kreese perfectly fills the role in this show. And I don't think if they would have made a John Kreese show that was just called, you know, like it's got to work the way it works for a reason. And I think the reason is the writers had a huge passion for Cobra Kai and for the Karate Kid. Remember, LaRusso never remembered Lawrence, though. I thought he was forgettable in the Karate Kid movies. Uh, oh, I remember LaRusso. Really? Man, I remember Johnny Lawrence. Him getting crane kicked in the, in the face was just, that was 80s chef's kiss right there. I, and I guess it's also because, <clears throat> you know, I grew up watching quite a bit of 80s films. So anytime William Zabka showed up, whether it was like European Vacation as Jack or whatever, you know, I recognized him. But I get it. For newer generations, he also kind of went away from, uh, he went away from acting and he went into uh, directing mostly. A lot of music videos and stuff like that. So I think after like the 90s, he wasn't really, uh, wasn't really that front and center you know he's also older he's also older and we like went through a transitional period where a lot of like younger actors came in the older actors from the or not older but the actors who had gotten older in the 90s and didn't really like break out into big stars they kind of uh, they kind of went away they kind of went away a little bit i am older than you well i can't help you i can't help you then we would never have gotten this show without how i met your mother okay that's interesting. I've never seen that show, so I can't really comment on that. Oh, he has a cameo in How I Met Your Mother. Interesting. Did, did you watch that show, Lucas, How I Met Your Mother? No. Yeah, I didn't watch that show either. I heard some crazy thing about that show where they shot the ending of the show with the two kids, like, in the first year that the show was on. So apparently they had, like, the ending all mapped out. The whole trajectory of the show mapped out. So that's kind of cool. A few episodes. Okay. Earth to Ned is a talk show on Disney Plus where the host and his sidekick are alien puppets from Henson Studios who beam in their guests to learn more about Earth. The host was supposed to take over Earth but fell in love with it instead. Wait a second, wait a second. This is a show? This is a real thing? Earth to Ned? Hold on. Oh, this is new? September 4th, 2020. Disney and Sky One. So you guys watch this, but you're not watching Mandalorian? Come on, man. This looks very interesting and very fucking weird. Okay. Okay. Surprise, Dewey. That's very weird. All right, let me just try to get 
Net unboxing. <laughs> this string is a little harder than I thought. Let me just use another. This is a crazy here. thing that's happened with digital technology and with like puppeteering as a as as like a uh, like a medium. It's so clean nowadays. Like you would think it's digital, but it's just so clean. How they like build the animatronics nowadays and how they. Turn this down just a little bit. Oh, you can't turn it down. It's just mute or unmute. Okay, that's cool. Can it talk? But I think it's so amazing. Like, look at this. You can definitely tell there's like some CG enhancements. There's no way that there isn't. It's just like too clean. Um, but I don't doubt that like the base, the very, very, very base of this model, is probably very clean. And this is my favorite. It doesn't look digital to me. Like it looks like a live puppet that's had some like little enhancements. Yeah, I hate videos without a volume setting too. This is the hell that we live in in 2021. No volume settings apparently. Um, so. I guess I kind of talked a little bit about WandaVision. So the big thing for me, I mentioned this up top. <clears throat> if you like really, really, really weird cinema and weird television, the David Lynch stuff, Twin Peaks, you know, all that sort of stuff, <sighs> WandaVision will be weird for a Marvel thing. It's not necessarily going to be the weirdest thing you will have seen on television because, again... They want to be weird, but they can't alienate the audience that they've built up for the last 23 movies. And this is for sure like the weirdest thing that they've done, definitely. And I've really enjoyed how, at least in the first episode, it's this is not a spoiler. We've seen this in the trailers, but there is obviously this like 50s element to WandaVision. And there is a moment where they utilize newer filmmaking techniques and when i say newer i mean stuff that's like outside of 50s you know uh 50s era tv using you know wider lenses more contrast dynamic lighting to kind of break you out of a moment and it like really worked for me i really liked it it's very it's subtle if you're not looking for it and if you're like a filmmaker or you like really watch movies then you'll notice and you're like oh that's fun um yes i have seen the first three episodes i also got um some screeners or access to screeners from Disney. So I watched them last night and I and I dug it. I really dug it. You know, the first episode is like this like 50s I Love Lucy type of show. The second episode is a little bit more like Bewitched. And then by the third episode, I would say it's like Brady Bunch meets, um, I guess Brady Bunch is like really the only thing I can reference out of my collective memory. It's the mo It's very much like a Brady Bunch style type of show. But it also like, it doesn't mean that they don't also pull in references or like homages to other stuff from the 70s or other popular shows and kind of work it in. Um, maybe a little bit of that 70s, but that's like, that's a 90s show about the 70s. So, but it has like that sort of like essence and feel and vibe. Uh, how long are the episodes? Well, the first three episodes are under 35 minutes. It's nine episodes in total. And tonight they're releasing two, two episodes. So we'll have episodes one and two tonight at midnight, then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or nine uh, for the next eight weeks after that. So it's a pretty interesting rollout. I'm curious. I'd love to know why they did it that way. But part of me thinks it was just like a logistical thing where they were like, well, we want to, we have dates that we want to slot these things in that are very specific to our film releases. So we want to get Bucky or Falcon and the Winter Soldier out on March 16th. In order to make that happen, we got to get WandaVision done and over with by March, you know, 9th or whatever the hell it is. Um, so that would make sense. Four-day weekend. Monday is off for schools. 
Oh, I don't know what that has to do with their release schedule, though, because they, their show's on Friday, so I don't think it really matters. In any case, I didn't know it was a four-day weekend. Uh, the boss is watching. I think it's Martin Luther King birthday, right? Is it Martin Luther King's birthday? Uh, that's President's Day. Chat room, help me. You guys pay attention to this shit more than we do. I don't. I have no clue. Was I right? Was anything that I just said correct? Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Got it. Oh, a four-day weekend. Oh, I missed the part where you said it's a four-day weekend. I said three-day weekend in my head. A four-day weekend. I don't know about that. Monday is off, but we're definitely here tomorrow. So that's, that's uh, as far as I know, that's not a thing. Not a holiday for a lot of businesses. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, see, y'all throwing me off. Y'all throwing me off making up shit. Oh, thanks, Zach. Zach took a picture for social media, and he got three. He got about three quarters of my of my Kurt Russell mullet and a little bit of the screen. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy, old pal. Um. So yeah, WandaVision was really cool. I don't really want to like get into it too much because I don't want to spoil stuff, and I don't really want to like sprinkle too many hints because I think you should just sit with it, experience it, and decide whether or not you like it. Uh, I think that's going to be the most interesting thing about this show is we're going to find out how many people are like really into it and how many people are like, this is not for me. This is too weird. I want, I want some earth level destructive shattering shit to happen. And this show doesn't necessarily do that in the first three episodes at least. But I think there is the promise that it is going to build up into something awesome. And we already know that Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So they did say that the events of WandaVision tie directly into that movie. Uh, I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be crazy. It's the Marvel version of a rom-com. Um, it's more of a traditional American sitcom, not rom-com. Uh, Catherine Hahn is in the show. She is hilarious. She, to me, is the scene stealer. Um, uh, then we've got Tiana Paris. There's, there's quite a few other little actors that are sprinkled throughout there, but I think Catherine Hahn is probably like the, the, the breakout for me. She is so good in all the scenes that she's in, but I think also this was like a nice tonal shift for Paul Bettany and, uh, Elizabeth Olsen because most of the stuff that we've seen them in mostly supportive stuff like they've had their moments in the mcu but this is really an opportunity for them to be front and center and be the stars of the show and i think they have awesome chemistry they have such good chemistry together and some really funny moments and i think for paul bettany especially this is a really fun opportunity for him because i mean a lot of the stuff that i saw paul bettany in before avengers there's some like comedic stuff and he's a pretty funny dude yeah, I agree. I think Catherine Hahn is hilarious and everything. Randall Park. <clears throat> well, I can tell you this. This is not a spoiler. Or, yeah, I don't think this is a spoiler. We haven't seen him yet. So, we're really, like, in it. We're in it right now. We are, like, in WandaVision. Pick up what I'm putting down. We're, like, deep in there. <laughs> we're, like, ten layers deep. This is, like... A dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. This is like some Inception shit. Yes. The trailer does very much have that like I Love Lucy feel. 
And uh, that, that's predominantly from the first episode. I mean, th that's not to say that we don't go back to that style. I don't know. I've only seen the first three episodes. But so far, that's kind of like where we're at. Yes, Pain Gamer, same. First time I saw Paul Bettany in anything was A Knight's Tale. Disney Plus is in your country. Well, there you go. You can watch it tonight. I'm assuming that it's debuting in every territory at the same time. Um, or maybe the maybe the release dates are shifted a little bit. I'm not 100% sure. But it's good. I liked it. I think it's uh, it was a really interesting way to roll into Phase 4, having this like really freaking weird show. And they even shot the first episode with a live studio audience. So all of like the... Uh, so all of the like clapping and all the stuff, the reactions that you hear from the crowd, um, that is that is live. But I believe it was only for the first episode that they did that. Um, I don't think they did it for subsequent episodes. So there's a lot of like teasing and a lot of buildup and a lot of anticipation. And you know, Monica Rambeau is in the show. There's going to be probably a lot of building up to that. So a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I think the acting is great. And I think the mystery of it all, of exactly what's going on, is really fun. And immediately from the second that the show starts, you're going to be trying to piece shit together. I promise you, you won't figure it out. You might as well just watch the show, the first two episodes, and just kind of live in it and swim in it. Just swim in it for a little bit and let it just kind of like wash over you. Um, but if you're going to sit there for, you know, two hours to try to figure out or an hour to try and figure out exactly what's happening, I hate to say it, you won't. You won't. Yeah, filmed, <laughs> filmed in front of a live audience as opposed to a dead one. I'll leave it at that. But it was good. I highly recommend it. If you already have Disney+, Plus, I know you're all going to watch it anyway. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think. I'm excited to see what, like, what these guys, what these guys all think uh, about the show? How how weird, you know? I, I tried to kind of like. It's so tough when you have these things, and they're always like, "We're really doing it weird this time. It's going to be really crazy and kooky and out there." And then you know people like Zach who watch the weirdest shit probably in existence, and you're like, mm, yeah, "I'm going to tell him it's weird, but I'm also going to tell him like you probably watch weirder things, just so he doesn't walk out and be like, it wasn't weird enough." Because that is a thing that happens sometimes. <laughs> it's true. Zach Watson, he's like, I thought y'all said this was weird. This was the most normal shit I've ever seen. And I'm like, well, I forget it's you sometimes. <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think like there is a level of weirdness that everybody enjoys. And I think for some people, like genuinely believe that for some people, they will not like WandaVision because they're like too weird. Why are we in this? What is the point? What are we building towards? I think by the ninth episode, it'll make sense and people will be like, oh, I was wrong. This actually was good. This actually was good. Um, so, you know, got to give it up for Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz for inventing recording in front of a live studio. No shit. Really? That's where that came from? From I Love Lucy? I did not know that. I did not know that that was the inception of a live studio audience. Is that a Malika wearing a We Begin Again shirt back there? Are those still... Those, those are no longer available, right? I don't know. I think not. We think not. I know that they were like a limited thing, but I don't know if we sold out of all of them. But you should just go to hyperrpg.live and see if they're still in the store. And if they're not, I guess, oh well. And if they are, you can buy one. Most of the comics, most of the Marvel comics are weird anyway through all the years, so weird is completely normal. I agree. 
I agree. I always feel weird when people are like, Star Wars is getting too weird. I'm like, y'all remember the fucking cantina scene from 1977? What do you think people thought when they walked into that movie and they saw a freaking wolf just like standing in the middle or like these like weird, nasty looking aliens? Like, that was weird. That was weird. I don't know. People don't seem to like weird. I don't know what's wrong with people sometimes. Weird or funny? If it's too funny, it's too kiddie. If it's too weird, it's too out there. I'm like, man, everything can't be a Transformers movie. Come on, guys. <laughs> this movie is about space wizards. It's getting weird. I'm out. Right? First, first Paul Benny film I saw him was in Gangster Number 1, where he played the younger version of Malcolm McDowell's character. Was the movie good? Because I like Malcolm McDowell and I like Paul Bettany. Also, everything can't be pencils and parsecs. Yep. Um, I know that uh, Hector talked, he did an interview for Nerdist talking to Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. And he asked Paul Bettany, he's like, when are we going to get your wife, Jennifer Connelly, to upgrade from Karen the AI to some like fully fledged functioning character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And Paul Bettany told Hector to contact Kevin Feige. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Because Hector Navarro has more power than Paul Bettany. Okay. That makes complete sense to me, Paul. Complete sense. So, you know, it is what it is. But I recommend the show. If you like weird, you'll enjoy it. If you like Marvel, you'll enjoy it. If you want to learn more about Wanda Maximoff and the Vision, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it would be... Hmm... Trying to think if maybe this is or is not bad. Well, you know what? Why not? I think if you are a comic book reader, check out House of M. Check out The Vision. Um, I started. I started The Vision. I'm not done with it, but so far I like really liked it. It's really good. Like Tom King wrote a really good comic book. It's dense and it's sad and it's kind of freaking insane, but it's good. So. It, I don't know how much of those two comic books are going to end up in this show yet, but uh, if you're into that, I would check them out. I think they're good. I think they're really good. And I'm sure Zach probably has other recommendations for other Marvel comics that probably once he sees the show, he can for sure recommend. He's, he's very much deep into like the Marvel, Marvel comic book lore. I am not. I am uncultured swine when it comes to that. So that is that. Ooh, your hyper shirt arrived today. Nice, 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 nice. Ninja Theory. That's awesome. <clears throat> if not power to influence directly, but Hector always seems to have a huge network of people that goes everywhere. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's how that goes, I guess. But yeah, so those are, those are my like non-spoilery first reaction thoughts on WandaVision. Um, I'm excited to see episode four. I think episode three, like the cliffhanger was, was great. It teed it up perfectly. I feel like a little bad that, you know, everybody else is only getting to see the first two. And like, I have to sit on this third episode and I can't talk to anybody about it other than the, you know, people who were given access to screeners to watch it, but like, I don't know. I want to talk to it with a bunch of people, not just like six people. Damn it. Damn it. I thought this was interesting that Sony is starting their own subscription service. Why? Why? People are running out of money for subscription services. This is turning into fucking cable. Why? Why are we doing this? They're also touting that they're going to be able to stream Blu-ray quality on their streaming service. I don't know if I believe that shit. I think it's all a lie. Let me pull this up really quick. 
because I, this was actually submitted to somebody in our Discord. I guess I can just click the link from the Discord directly. If Discord is open on here, which it is not, so I'm not gonna bother opening something else. Who needs to put this, pa this computer through more hell? Boom. Sony is launching a streaming service with Blu-ray picture quality, but only for its Bravia TVs. So all of us other fuckfaces who don't have this TV are screwed. Why are you doing this? What's the point? I'm not going to go buy a brand new TV just to experience your streaming service. Are you literally going to expect people to go out there and buy a brand new television just for your damn streaming service? Come on. They're, they're saying that they're going to be able to stream upwards of 80 megabits per second of data. I don't know how that's going to work exactly. Uh, they don't necessarily go into it uh, in this article, but they do say that the Bravia Core service will come preloaded on all new Bravia XR models with a catalog of new releases and classic blockbusters from Sony Pictures Archive. Uh, it's going to be 4K. Hey. Thanks for that restyle, Hawk RMB. Thank you so much. 33 months. Damn. That's like longer than I've been here. At least full time. Uh, is, it a, is it a free service? That's an excellent question. It's going to come preloaded on these televisions. So you need to buy the television, which is probably going to run you at least $1,000. I don't know the exact price of these XR model Bravia TVs, but I'm pretty sure most Sony televisions are pretty expensive. Now, I can't necessarily vouch for the quality. I believe this new TV that's in here is a Sony. It looks really, or no, it might be Samsung. It might be Samsung. Um, I don't know. I don't really see the point of like going out there and buying a brand new damn television just to get a streaming service to tell me that you're going to be like, it's in 4K and it's 80 megabits. I'm like, I can also buy the damn Blu-ray and stream that. So I don't know. I don't know how appealing this is for somebody like me. I guess if you like are, if you get more excited by having digital media at a higher quality and you also can like afford to buy the Sony Bravia TV, then sure, knock your socks off. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if this is going to work. It says it all. It says the platform also uses Sony's pure stream tech to reach near lossless UHD BD equivalent quality with streaming up to 80 megabits per second. That's three to four times more than Netflix and around double that of Apple TV. That's actually kind of impressive that Apple TV has that high of a streaming quality. I didn't know that. I don't have Apple TV. I think because I bought a new phone um, right before the holidays, I technically have Apple TV for free for a year. Um, so I guess I could download the app on my LG TV. Are any of the shows good on Apple TV? I feel like Apple TV is like not popping off the way that they thought it would watch Ted Lasso. Never mind. Metis Fatim came in very hot with the all in caps. Watch Ted Lasso. Never mind. Never mind. Actually, but I heard, I have heard a lot of things, a lot of good things about Ted Lasso. So what else is on there that has been like very appealing for those of you who have Apple TV? Hey man, trying to do a show here. <laughs> Just giving West shit for making coffee. Um, depends on what you like. I mean, you guys know me. I'm open to a lot of stuff. I like comedy. I like action. I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. I love horror. Central Park was great. Central Park, huh? Netflix is compressing frame by frame now 4K and it is like 8 megabits per second. Guys, I watched Wonder Woman on HBO Max on a browser and I thought I was going to rip my eyes out. It was horrible. 
Like, I'm so upset by the fact that HBO Max has such an amazing catalog of content, but their marketing is horrible. The way they advertise each of the major brands that they own is horrible. The quality of the streaming outside of a television is horrible. Horrible. It's not good. I think it was like 13 megabits for Wonder Woman or like 18, not even. Yeah, it was like 12 megabits per second for Wonder Woman in 4K. And I was like, this is what? <laughs> Why? If it's in 4K, it's got to be higher than that. Jesus. Like, how are you going to make it so low? Central Park was an animated music show from the minds behind Bob's Burgers. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <sighs> no Apple TV. Oh, what was this? What was this about Cherry? No Apple TV, but Cherry will be on Apple Plus only, right? Oh, that's the brand new film for the Rousseau brothers. I have heard mixed things about that movie. Some people have said it's really good. Some people have said like, eh, it's okay. It's not that great of a story. Wonder Woman 1984 was horrible and also looked bad streaming. <sighs> I hate to say it. I really do. I was... I watched the first time and I was like, whatever. It's not as good as the first. I watched it the second time. I'm like, I liked it a little bit more, but the stuff that I didn't like, I equally didn't like as much as I liked it the first time. And the things that I did like about the movie, I liked like a little bit more, but I don't know. It's so tough watching that movie and then seeing like what Mandalorian looks like on a $100,000 budget. And then you see Wonder Woman on a, or a $100 million budget. Then you see Wonder Woman and you're like, where did you spend all your money? Where did you spend all your monies? It was bad. The CG was equally as bad as the first, though. I don't know. I thought a lot of the CG in the first movie was pretty damn good. I think the third act was probably, like, the worst part about it. But I feel like throughout this entire movie, there was CG that I was like, that doesn't look good. And then she flies through the sky, and they don't even use music from Wonder Woman. It's music from Sunshine by Danny Boyle. What the fuck? <laughs> what happened? And then they use a piece of music from Batman versus Superman. And again, I was like, what? What the fuck? What happened here? It's so weird. It's so weird. I definitely think that like the use of two villains in this movie was unnecessary. It wasn't written in a streamlined way enough for me to be like, this is justified. This is why we have two villains in this movie. At no point during this movie was I like, oh, this movie needed two villains. It really didn't. You could have just picked Maxwell Lord or Cheetah and that would have been fine. Or you could have picked like the God that was referenced in that movie who was like that mischievous god where the whole damn wishing rock was based on. <laughs> Wonder Woman has sex with someone without their, without their knowledge or consent in Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Like Steve, Steve Trevor needs a vessel to be alive, but he still looks like another man. And yeah, it's weird. I don't know how I feel about it. It's weird. And on top of that, I'm like, yo... Steve Trevor died in 1917. This movie takes place in 1984. Was she really, like, did she really? She couldn't get over Steve in that amount of time? Really? In 70 years, you couldn't get over Steve Trevor? 64 years? Really? That seems a little weird to me. I don't know. Because a lot of people are making the argument. They're like, oh, well, Bucky and or, uh, uh, Peggy and Cap. I'm like, yeah, but homie was frozen. He was frozen for 70 years. 
time didn't pass for him. <laughs> you know, whereas with Peggy, when we meet her and she sees Steve, like we know that she's like losing her memory and all this sort of stuff, but it's not that sort of thing where she like didn't move on. We found out that she moved on with her life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't planning on talking about Wonder Woman, but here we are. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was very okay. Very okay. Yeah, but what a week. Well, yeah, it was. It was a week. Steve gots the meat for sandwiches. Okay. Y'all are going off the rails here. But in terms of this Sony like streaming thing, I don't know, man. Who out there is going to go out of their way to buy a television for like $1,500 to stream Sony movies in Ultra HD at 80 megabits? They're saying they're going to have like 300 movies and some of them are going to be like some of their biggest, you know, titles. But I'm like, Sony, come on, man. You like don't have the catalog of a Warner Brothers or a 20th Century Fox. I don't know how interesting that's going to be. Not to say that Sony doesn't have good movies. <clears throat> they have all the Spider-Man movies, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's really going to work. If This feels like a Quibi thing. Speaking of Quibi, Quibi's coming to Roku which I think we had talked about the last time I had done this done this show, just sitting here talking with you guys about you know some of the news. But it's officially happening. It's officially coming to the Roku channel. And I've, I feel like we've spent the last like year and some change really hyping up Roku TVs to people. And I feel like a lot of people that we know have bought them. I know Matt Acevedo bought one because he asked me about it. I know Janelle bought one because she asked me about it and I sent them links to it. Um, but I think they're really good TVs and I think the quality of those TVs are pretty damn good for the price. If I'm being totally honest with you for 300 bucks, you can get a 50 inch 4k UHD TV with HDR 10. And you know, they have, now they have Dolby vision versions of their TVs. I think it's a good deal for like 500 bucks. You know, if you're not trying to break the bank with like some OLED television for $2,000, like you can, you can get, you can get a lot of mileage out of these Roku TVs. But they are bringing the entire Quibi catalog to Roku. They end up paying, I think, $100 million for all of this content. Hey, Adam, that sparkly vampire dude couldn't handle teenage love, and he was ancient. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, what, did, uh, what did Emily say? I feel like it took away a lot of her agency, making her personality missing a dude for 40 years. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Sister got a Roku TV for Christmas. There you go. I actually got my mom a Roku TV for Christmas last year. Wait, was it last year or this year? <clears throat> Guys, I don't even like know how fast the time goes by anymore. It was last year. It was 2019. I got her that TV. So we've been watching a ton of stuff. I think it's cool that they're going to make all of this content available for free. There will be ads just like there were ads on Quibi. But you don't have to pay the $5 a month. It's just free and available on the Roku channel. So they're going to be bringing a lot of the shows that they had produced that were originals. But they're taking a little bit of like a different approach with how they're making or how they're presenting the content. I think the whole concept behind Quibi was like, hey, we want you to just spend 10 minutes watching something on here. Whereas with this, it being on Roku, it's like, no, we're making more of a long time or longer form commitment of like, they're going to be like 30-minute episodes or they're going to be longer. It's going to be like a full movie. Da, 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 da. It's also going to miss that like – it's also going to miss that whole like idea where Quibi, you could like turn your device, landscape or portrait, and you could watch the things in different presentation modes. So I don't know. I think the concept for Quibi was cool. 
I don't think it justified its own streaming service. I think you could have played with building this type of interactive content on an established platform, whether it was Roku itself or, you know, like a Disney Plus or an HBO Max or whatever it was to like experiment. But the fact that they went all in like this, Jeffrey Katzenberg went all in like balls to the walls and was like, I'm going to dump a bazillion dollars into trying to make this work. Nah, nah. It just didn't have the longevity, didn't have the legs, unfortunately, which is kind of a bummer. But I'm excited to check out all this content. Lots of content, lots of free shit. I'll sit through ads. It's fine. I'm not mad about it. So there's a lot, and apparently there's a lot of like really good stuff on the Roku channel. I haven't had a chance to like really explore it because I think we spend most of our time in the Amazon, Netflix, HBO Max. Well, HBO Max is so new though. Um, that whole world, but you know, we'll see, but they've got some really big stars lined up for a lot of this stuff. And uh, so I'm excited for that. I'm also very excited about this like very ambitious plan that Netflix has to roll out a new movie every single week. I think that's kind of insane. They put out this trailer. So we are like in the middle of CES. I don't know if CES is like one week, multiple days, if it's just like one day of streaming presentations or what the hell they did. But they put out this really fun trailer. I don't want the whole news conference. I just want the trailer, please. Thank you. No, I don't want that. But they put out a really cool trailer and they showed off a lot of the a lot of the stuff and the movies and all the stars that they have coming to the to the platform. And I think it's kind of cool that they like put Leo DiCaprio in a Netflix thing. You know, I think everybody who's anybody just wants to like be a part of the Netflix family. So let's check this out. I actually thought this was a really cool presentation. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Hello, world. Gal Gadot is here. And Uncle Handsome. Whoa. <laughs> <And> Ryan. <laughs> this man. Like, look at all these actors. Dr. Majors, Dave Batista, Idris Elba, Regina King. This is like an amazing emotion. lineup of people. And show you something you've never seen before. I love showing people what a superhero is. Yeah, great. I like making any movie where I get to throw stuff. I love that I'm finally I'm directing, directing my first movie. I love that I'm finally directing my first movie. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Oh my god, Berry owes me a coke. I love seeing an incredible I've story come to an end. Movies. They're not for me, hey, but I know there's an audience out there. We're not going to give away the ending right now, are we? Definitely not. I love movies that keep you guessing. <laughs> Yeah, movies that you can't stop talking about. Yo, we're gonna get another extraction movie, and I cannot wait I to watch that I love making a movie shit. my whole family can watch. I love movies that get you into the action. I love movies because they help me escape. Okay, can I talk about this for five seconds? Uh, I I think everybody knows my thoughts about Jack Snyder and his PC movies. I don't like them that much. I, I, I love movies because they help me escape. I just kind of like it. I'm actually kind of really excited for this Army of the Dead movie. Because he's going to bring all of that crazy, high contrast, bloody action shit that he's really good at filming. I think it's actually going to look we really damn cool. Love Don't movies. know if the story will be do, good, but, but man, I'm excited to see that movie. making movies for fans like you. Me too. That's what I'm saying! <laughs> we are about to embark on the trip of a lifetime. 
can't stop it. I'm really looking forward to that. Revolution, baby. Yeah. Good. What I'm actually really excited to see Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence in a movie together. I'm not, I don't remember who the director of this is. It's not David O'Reilly. It's, um, oh, help me. It's someone very, very famous that we love. Uh, I cannot remember. Thanks for watching. Lord. Subscribe to the Netflix Film Club I'm channel failing. to get our I'm latest failing. exclusive Absolutely videos. Plus, hit the bell so you someone don't miss in here a single knows. one. I know one of you knows, damn it. Do the comments know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really ambitious of Netflix to go out there and be like, yo, we're making, we're, we're giving you one major movie, uh, a week. It's kind of crazy. And I feel like, I feel like there kind of was like a interesting ramp up to this in 2020. I feel like because of the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you guys would be able to hear me over the, over the commercial. I didn't really say much, but uh, what I what I was saying about the video about the trailer for Army of the Dead, I, I think everybody knows like my opinions about Zack Snyder's DC movies. I don't necessarily like them. Well, I should say I don't really like Batman versus Superman. I like Man of Steel, uh, Justice League. I don't really count that one, but I'm actually really excited for his Army of the Dead movie. I think he's got the he knows how to shoot action really really well, and I think like tactical mercenaries is right up his field. And I think the additive value of, or the, like the fun thrill of a zombie movie, I think he could do it really well. I just don't know about the story. I just don't know about the story, but I'm looking forward to it. But I what I was going to say was, I think it's like very ambitious for them to go out the gate and be like, you know, oh, it's Adam McKay. It's Adam McKay. You're right. The movie Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence is Adam McKay. Um, but I think it's really exciting that in 2020, they really kind of start sprinkling these seeds of like, well, how much content can we put out every single week to keep people kind of satiated and keep them excited to be watching what we're doing to now be like, we're giving you a new thing every week. And I know that there was a comment uh, earlier that was like, oh, quantity over quality. And I'm like, I really, uh, I agree. I really hope that they have like really taken the time to develop these projects. And I, th I think that they understand that they can't be operating at a loss forever. They really need to like, entice people to get on the platform and to to be excited about the new movies because i mean like i see that that hype trailer and i'm like yo i want to watch netflix i want to see all this and this is outside of like stranger things and all that other stuff that's coming this year still like we're still getting a stranger things this year that's still happening at some point we need someone who understands superman to make superman really well you know who knows if it'll ever happen who knows you can go live whenever you want bro uh, I mean, I've pretty much talked about all the shit that I want to talk about. All right. So how you feeling? Oh, okay. Guys, we're going to be right back with Cookie Eubank. It's going to be something fun, something exhausting, something exhilarating. We're going to go offline for about two minutes. If you don't come back, I will hunt your ass down. Uncle Handsome is about to turn to Uncle Terrible. It's not going to be a good time. 
But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I enjoyed this. I love hanging out with you guys. I hope I get to do this more. Uh, it's been fun. So don't go anywhere. Uber if you leave, I swear to God.